All right, Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8. We're probably going to read it every Sunday for however long this goes for. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So we've been talking about sowing in the Spirit and how we have a choice every single day of what you're going to do with your life. And yes, for most of us, probably all of us, we have accepted Jesus as Lord. But then we get to choose, are we actually going to engage with this salvation that he's made available to us? Are we going to sit on the comfy Christian sofa and just cruise through, still living quite a fleshly existence and not impacting the world around us? Like we actually have a choice. Sow in the spirit, reap things of the spirit. Sow in the flesh, reap things of the flesh. Okay, yes, we're, we're there. Now it says here, for one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Sometimes we don't want to sow in the spirit because we think, oh, well, like I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Doesn't matter what I do now right? But eternal life starts when? Right now. John 17 verse 3, Jesus said, this is red letters, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So eternal life is not this endless span of time, it's a relationship with God that we get to partake of now. Everyone say now. I don't know about you. I don't want to wait for another, I don't know how long I'm going to live, another 50 years till I, till I start knowing the Lord. I want to know him as much as I can while I'm here. And the way to know him is to sow in the Spirit. Because it says, when I sow to the Spirit, I will from the Spirit reap eternal life. I'll reap knowing God. Someone say amen. This is good news. It means I can do something. It, don't hear me wrong. It's, I'm not earning my salvation, but I'm participating in my salvation. All right? I'm taking hold of what Jesus took hold of for me. There's nothing wrong with that. It's like, man, you paid for it, Jesus. I'm going to have it. You paid for me to be able to praise you and experience your presence. Awesome. I'm going to have that. You paid for me to see your face. I'm going to have it. You paid for me to understand the scriptures. I'm going to have it. You paid for me to experience your presence every day, your tangible presence. I'm going to have it. I'm not going to settle for just this mediocre Christian existence that doesn't look different to, any, to the world. I'm going to have what you paid for. 
Last week we talked about sowing praise. How we can actually sow praise. And and how the canopy of the glory of God sits on the pillars of the praise of the people of God. Wasn't that an awesome story and testimony? Oh my gosh. Uh, who, Who has intentionally sown praise this week that was here? Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. On Wednesday, I had a moment where the kids had gone to school and I had half an hour. And my flesh was like, sit on the couch, zone out. I had half an hour before I had to like do all the things that I had to do for that day. And my flesh was screaming. I was tired. I felt heavy. Does anyone just wake up and you feel quite heavy? I'd already spent time in the Word. I'd spent time in prayer, but I still felt heavy. And my flesh was just like, just, just, just take a moment. Just take a moment for yourself, Naomi. It's all quiet. You deserve it. Have some me time. Just sit on the couch. Anyway, and I'm like, no, I'm going to sow praise. I feel heavy, but I'm going to sow praise. I preach it, I better live it. <laughs> so I jumped on my keyboard and, I, and I'm just like, oh, I don't feel it, but I'm just going to start playing and start singing. And man, we got like 15, 20 minutes in and I think... I think I got to the point where I was just like, I can't remember what I was playing, but I was like, I need the song of heaven now. Because I wasn't, I wasn't punching through. I was like, what are you singing, Jesus? And I waited for a minute. And he gave me a song. And I started playing that one. And oh, I was just like, oh, the, the presence of God the tangible presence of God where I could feel his presence like filling my every fiber, filling me from head to toe, like electricity running through my body. And I was like, there you are. Hallelujah. There's the glory. There's the canopy sitting on the praise. So in the spirit. Can I encourage you? So in the spirit even when you don't feel like it, especially when you don't feel like it. Amen. Okay, so today, sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. Today we're talking about sowing the word. Sowing the word. And I know that we all know we should read our Bibles, like we all know that. I know we probably all feel guilty at times because we haven't read our Bible or whatever, Okay, but I really just want to put a in your sails, some wind in your sails to love this book, this gift that we have. Because, man, there are places in the world where they don't have access to this. And if they just had one page, they would burst into tears and then they would memorize the whole thing front and back, right? We've got to... Like, let's not take for granted the time that we're living in and the access that we have to this, to this word. I've got a quick video for you. Let's chuck that on. There was a recent study by the Center for Bible Engagement where they pulled 40,000 uh, uh, general population in the U.S. from 8 to 80 
and they just wanted to see how we are engaging with scripture right and they discovered something that actually became kind of the profound discovery of the entire study it, they weren't even looking for this and this is kind of became the highlight of the study right um when we're in the scripture one time a week and that could be church on sunday that's pastor saying you open your bible we hear the message one time a week had negligible effect on some key areas of your life so I'll, i'm going to spell that out more here in a moment two times a week negligible effect now at three times a week there was a blip on the map like there was a heartbeat something happened again a heartbeat okay. but here was a profound discovery when we're in the scripture four times a week it literally spikes off the chart you would expect that it'd be one, two, th I mean, there'd be a gradual incline right. on the effect and impact that would have in your life, but it was literally one, two, three, four, something radically happens. Okay, you got my curiosity. To this what, extent. What kind of behavior is being affected? Feeling lonely drops 30%. Wow, Ang four times a week in the four Bible. Four times a week in the Bible. Okay. Anger issues drop 32%. Uh, bitterness in relationships, marriage, a relationship with your kids, and so on, drops 40%. Alcoholism drops 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking with people that, that they'll be honest about is they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question, how much time are you spending in the Scripture? If they're in the Scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops 61%. That's very important. Now, on a flip positive side sharing your faith wow. jumps 200 percent wow because you have a confidence in god's word and then discipling others jumps 230 percent that's that's amazing right there isn't that interesting there was a recent <laughs> i know that's america but it would be similar it would be very similar all right, John 1, 1 to 4. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Capital W, in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word, okay? All things that were made, oh sorry, all things were made through Him and without Him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it it's talking about jesus he was in the beginning john 1 14 it says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. What does all of that mean for us? When you read this word, you are encountering Jesus. You are not ticking a box. This is not just words on a page. This is an encounter with the Son of God. That, that completely changes my attitude towards wanting to be in, this, in the Scripture. It's all about Him. 
Some people are waiting for these super spiritual encounters where they're floating off into the heavenlies and they're seeing all these things. Like sometimes that's what people like, I haven't seen this vision or I haven't, I haven't you know, had this crazy encounter with God and, and you're frustrated because you haven't, you're not experiencing the Lord that way. And some of you are frustrated because you're having a hard time hearing God. My question to you is, are you reading your Bible? Because He's already spoken. Are you reading what He's spoken? If, you, if so, are you reading it every day? Daily bread. We need it every day. If so, are you talking to the Lord about what you're reading? Because this isn't just meant to be, Naomi reads the Bible in the morning, first thing. It's, it's an encounter with a person. So I'm reading the Bible and then I'm like, whoa, Jesus, talk to me about this. Holy Spirit, help me understand this part. I'm not quite sure. God, you said this about me. Whoa, that's amazing. I don't feel like I look like that right now. How can I look like that? You know, it's a conversation with the Lord. The other question I would ask you, are you applying what you're learning? Pastor Catherine says, uh, most of us apply only 40% of what we know. That's pretty, pretty confronting. Imagine if the Christians all applied everything they knew. Whoa, that would change the world. That would change the world if every single Christian in the world applied everything they, knew, they know. It would change, like, change the world. All right. How do we know who Jesus is through the scriptures? Plain and simple. Unfortunately, this day, day and age, we are seeing people worshipping their own created image of Jesus and not the Jesus of the Bible. We have to be careful about the lenses that we read this Bible with. We all have them. We need to make sure that we take them off. <laughs> What are some of the lenses that we wear? Sam, can I have you up here? You have some glasses. Sam, Sam has some lenses on. She believes that she's a sinner. She's born again, but she's a sinner and she'll always struggle with sin. And so whenever she's reading the word... She feels condemned. She feels like she doesn't measure up. It's frustrating reading the word for her. It doesn't make sense. She just sees all of these unattainable things that she's never going never gonna to be able to do. Uh, can I have someone else? Come on down. Anyone? your glasses. Beck has one. Her lens says, God is distant and angry with me. 
some people have this lens on. So when they're reading through the scripture, they'll read stuff about God loving them and it just doesn't land because they've, they've got this preconceived idea that has told them that God is distant and angry, right? So they can't then receive the love of God. All of a sudden, their lens and their way of reading scripture prevents them from actually having a tangible encounter with the love of God. What a shame. All right, someone else? Run, come on down. Laura. <laughs> We've got circumstances. Laura's, view, Laura's viewing scripture through her circumstance. <laughs> she always looks like a supermodel, doesn't she? You know, sometimes we'll be reading the scripture. You know, my mum died of an awful disease at a young age that I, as a Christian, have authority to get rid of, <laughs> right? So there was a temptation for me when I was reading scripture to read about healing and reading about the will of God to heal for me to have an argument every time I read that. Yeah, but he didn't do it for my mum. Yeah, but. Every time you say, yeah, but. Every time you read this word and say, yeah, but, you need to be like, what lens am I wearing? Because there's no yeah, buts. It's truth. It's not partial truth. It's truth that works for every single person all over the world, not, not just for individuals, right? <clears throat> Someone else? Oh, come on, Michael. Come on down. <laughs> Love it. Wrong theology. Oh, wrong theology. Some of us, have grown up being taught wrong things about the Word of God. And I am so sorry if that's, your, if that's your experience. I am so sorry on behalf of the pastor that taught you that. Sometimes we get it wrong. But it can severely, if you have wrong theology, wrong belief, Man, you're misinterpreting the whole book. It's really important that we get rid of that. <clears throat> One more. Come on down. Go, sir. Oh, yeah. One more. Own arguments. Your own lofty opinions. The things that you think even though it's contrary to what the word says. 2 Corinthians, what does it say? 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion that exalts itself. <laughs> we take captive every thought 
that's raised against the knowledge of God. Right? Man, we have to do this for ourselves. We have to ask the Holy Spirit, God, am I wearing any false lenses? Am I wearing any wrong lenses when we're reading this word? So that we ensure that it's going in and that we're seeing it correctly. You know what? In my life, I only started to have tangible encounters with God when I intentionally gave myself to reading the scriptures and getting rid of those wrong, wrong lenses that I, was, that I was using when I was reading the scriptures. All right, Hebrews 4.12. We know this one. We've quoted it. For the word of God is living. Everyone say living and active. Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him who we must give an account. Why should we give ourselves to the word? Because we'll all stand before him and give an account. I would prefer he irons me out this side than when I'm standing with him face to face. I want him to shape me, to shape me now before I meet him face to face. All right. The first thing, it's living. The scripture is living. Scripture is alive. It's alive. It means it can transform you as you read it. It means you can read it over and over again and it can keep speaking to you in a different way. It means you can read it and it's inside you. It's not just words on a page that goes in and then flitters out who's good at reading something and then you forget what you read straight away man this is living it goes in and then the holy spirit brings it to remembrance when you need it right it's alive inside of you it starts to impact the way that you think it starts to rewire your neural pathways when you actually give yourself to meditating on the scripture it's alive how does scripture transform a person how does that even happen it's the result of intentional meditation on the scriptures and that's not a new age thing it's a i'm reading the scripture I'm talking to the Father about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm chewing on it. I'm reading it some more. I'm, you know, we're not trying to speed read our way through it. We're talking to the Father about what we're learning. There are some times where the Lord's like, just read that chapter. Read that all week. Don't read anymore. Read that until you become it. We've got to listen to the Holy Spirit when we're engaging with Scripture. When you do that, it's like you putting life in your body. 
because Scripture is alive. And, and if you're struggling with anything at all, can I recommend you to be intentional to be in the Scripture? Be in it because you'll fill yourself with life. And as you do that, the, the things of this world will grow strangely dim. All of a sudden, your problems won't seem like problems anymore. I've got so many stories, but we're running out of time, so we're just going to keep churning through. It's life. Um, you know how Jesus said, eat my flesh. Eat my flesh. That's how you, that's one way you can eat the flesh of Jesus. You give yourself to this, to meditating on it, getting it inside of you. The second thing that the the scriptures are, they're active. Scripture is active. It's moving. It is accomplishing the will of God in your life that Christ would be formed in you, right? It's active. The word is not stagnant. Isaiah 55:11 says, "So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth; it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it." When you devour the word, when you take it in, it will not return void. It is not wasted time. It is good for you. It's not going to return void when you meditate on it, when you declare on it, when, you, when you're constantly declaring Scripture over your life, over your family, over your circumstances. The Word of God does not return void. So you ask Him, Lord, in this situation, what Scripture should I be declaring over it? It's a powerful thing that you can do. For hard hearts, Jeremiah 23, 29, it says, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks, rock, that breaks the rock in pieces? His word is like a hammer, and it breaks the rock into pieces. If there's anything hard, ask the Lord, what scripture do I declare over this? Because it's a hammer. Use it as a hammer. Declare the word of the Lord over your circumstances, over your children, over your family, over that person that you, you're just like, this person is never going to be saved. Declare scripture like a hammer. It's a hammer. The Lord will, man, his word does not return void. It will achieve everything that he's purposed it for. All right, the third thing, Scripture pierces and divides. Hebrews tells us it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I was reading in Revelation this morning, John's encounter of Jesus, and it said, I saw him, and there was, out of his mouth was coming a two-edged sword, a double-edged sword. But it says, sharper than any two-edged sword. 
piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow. This gives us a picture of surgery. The scripture can actually do surgery on your heart, on your thoughts and intentions. And we need to let it. We're not just reading this to tick a box. We're not just reading this because it's the Christian thing to do. We're reading this to know Jesus and to allow him to do surgery on us because we need it. Martin Isles speaks to, he was speaking to a group of young people and he was like, you are marinating in anti-Christian sewerage every day of your life. You need something that is above all of that. That goes for all of us. We might not be at university, but we are in a world that is saturated with anti-Christian thinking, behavior, ideals, ideology, every day. And we need to be filled with something that supersedes all of that. And we need something that will come in like a knife and cut that worldly stuff off us. And we need it every single day. Because, you know, worldly thinking, it can be so subtle to start with. And then all of a sudden, you're all the way over here. And you're like, how did I get all the way over here? And it's because you haven't let the Word of God cut you. You haven't let it separate soul and spirit. My mind, will, and emotions, they need to have the surgery of the scripture on it. You know, when you are born again, yes, you're made into this brand new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, but our soul has been homeschooled in the wrong home. And it needs to be renewed according to the word of God so that our soul can actually become everything that our spirit is. Amen? All right. The word is our mirror. It's telling us who we are. I intentionally go through my Bible with a purple highlighter and I will highlight anything that tells me this is who you are, Naomi. So that when I'm having a bad day, I can, I look for the purple and I'm like, Jesus, tell me who I am today because I'm not feeling it. I don't feel very good right now. And I'll read the purple and I'll encourage myself and I'll talk to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is who I am. And I lift myself up and I tell my soul, soul, why are you downcast within me? Hope in the Lord. Come on. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, he's alive in me. Man, we've got, to, we've got to read this and get it in. So then when times are tough, we can draw on it. All right. Living, active, pierces and divides. There's so much that could be said about this gift that we have to engage with. So much. 
It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light unto our path. It guards us from deception. Man, it guards us from deception. We need to be wide awake at this day and age. We need to be. It reveals Jesus. He's our goal. He's our prize. If you are frustrated because you're not encountering God, He's right here. Jesus is right here. He's in the Old Testament. He's in the New Testament. The Old Testament points to Him. Look for all the types and shadows. Look to it pointing to Him. The New Testament reveals Jesus. Fall in love with the Jesus of the Bible, not the Jesus of your imagination. Sow the word into your life. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. When David wrote this, he's talking about the, the Torah. He's talking about the first few books of the, the Bible. But he's like, man, blessed is the man whose delight is in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Who can say they're my favorite books of the Bible? He's like, if you're just in this, imagine what he'd say now, that we have access to the whole thing. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. Who wants to be that? I know all of you do. You all want that. Simple. Devour it. Devour it. Meditate on it. Get into it. 